This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to another bonus episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Luke Cundall has arrived at Argyle uh, on a season-long loan from Wolverhampton Wanderers on the back of a 10th placed finish with Swansea City last season where he managed 34 appearances and bagging three. So who better to talk about Luke than Luke from Swanscast? How are you, Luke? Love that, but yeah, no, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Obviously, um, jumping on to talk about your namesake, obviously, you're, let's, let's start with Swansea first. Obviously, your season start started with a one-all draw at Birmingham and a 3-0 win over Northampton in the Carabao Cup. Happy with how it's gone so far? Yeah, well, we've had a new manager of me. I know I spoke to you uh, not so long ago about um, pre-season stuff and kind of not the most exciting game against Birmingham. I think both teams, depends how you look at it, with what colour glasses you're wearing, but um, can be hard done by to not win. Maybe they'll feel they've done enough. I think a draw is a fair result on reflection. I think both managers were saying, we just edged it, but that always says to you, maybe a draw is fair. Um, so it's a platform to build on ultimately you didn't lose, don't lose your first game especially under a new manager and you can always move on from there and there was quite a strong team played actually against Northampton in the cup which signals to me that Duff is trying to really bring his style out you know get everyone on board mean business sort of thing and I think it showed a little bit then that that strength in the squad displayed a good result against um, lower league opposition not to discredit them but Usually there's a lot of changes in the cup and that's when it can go wrong, isn't it? So it was nice to see us do a solid um, professional job and not sort of, not, you know, we, we respected the opposition by giving them, playing a good team against them. And like you said, hopefully given time that uh, Duff Star can bed in there and that, and, and that you're all all right. On to Luke Cundall then. As I said in the intro, a man who, who made 34 appearances for Swansea City last season. Uh, can you just give us a brief overview of our new man? Yeah, so there was actually um, talk that he might extend his stay at Swansea after the, the end of last season. Uh, but obviously with Russell Martin leaving, I think that just kind of went dead in the water, if you like. Which is a bit of a shame because he had quite a good year. So <clears throat> he, as you said, made 34 appearances. He scored three goals. I think he picked up three yellow cards because it was not that many, considering he plays in 
midfield, probably more of an attacking uh, midfield role, but I think he can drop back if required, although I would maybe say he's not the most defensive-minded uh, midfielder. That's why you want to play him a bit further up. Um, quite a small, nimble player. Um, the goals he scored, he benefited one by following up, so he's kind of he's got a little bit of awareness in his surroundings. Doesn't give up on an opportunity, so I think there was like a mix-up in defence and the ball ricocheted out, and he was just in the right place at the right time, but a lot of other players would have given up and stopped pressing, stopped running at the players, thinking, ah, oh, it's in the defence, uh, defence's hands in the box quite easily there. They're not going to make a mistake. But yeah, he benefited from that sort of attrition, if you like. Um, so hard working. Obviously, he's a youth talent from Wolves, so not the finished article, but he's definitely the sort of player who's going to continue to develop the more he plays in the championship. And like you said, playing 34 games in a team that ended up finishing just three points off the playoffs... And you guys, you know, as we spoke the other day, you'd be happy to stay up this season. I'd, I would suggest he could be quite an important figure for for you. Um, obviously, you mentioned there as well that meant to return to Swansea. Did your fanbase have any strong feelings on him not coming back? Um, it was just one of them. But it was, it wasn't like he was sort of done deal to return. It was talk at the end of the season where he would, he would, you know, he was saying like he'd like to come back and try and extend to get another stay here. Um, and I don't think any fans had any issues with that. You know, he was good. I don't want to say squad player in a bad way. Like he rotated in and out of the squad. He would start quite a few games. He'd be brought on on the on a bench. Um, not really like out and out always first name on a team sheet sort of player for us. But you need those people who can have a good run of form and come in for a couple of games, and then maybe they drop out when Alice is off and someone else comes in. You know, he's that sort of player. So. But at his age, you'd expect him to keep getting better. So it would have definitely taken him back. No one's really frustrated that he didn't come back. The position that he plays in is probably one of our strongest positions, um, especially with the style we're going to be playing now as well. There's quite a lot of competition in those areas. Uh, so I'm not sure how much game time he would have had. I think last season we were playing two players in that sort of position, whereas this season it's more like one. So his game time might have you might have found his games are a little bit more limited with the new regime. Um, but you, you wouldn't have, you know, been frustrated if he was here again because he did he did do a really good season for us, you know, good consistent performances week in, week out, which is what you want. Never really below a six out of ten. Um and then when you get those 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 games, that's a little bit you get a little bit more a man of the match performance or a goal. Um, he's the sort of player that can provide that every so often. Oh, perfect, because we tend to, in my opinion, over-rotate, but obviously uh, my opinion means nothing because we won the league of 101 points. So obviously what I think isn't always best if he's that that flexible and, and like you said, can can cover those uh, different areas and, and be in and out of the team and play in different roles. Um, judging by transfer marked, um, he's played all over the place, not just for yourself, but for, for the Wolves. Yeah, popping up at left back, left wing, uh, CDM, Cam in the ten. Obviously, you touched on it previously that he's more of an attacking player. Where, where would you say is like his best position? So for us, we saw we didn't. I don't think we saw him left back. I don't. I don't recall seeing him right back. Maybe he played one wing back role if we were struggling. Might have got moved there at the end of a match or something. Um, but nothing sticks up to memory. The the most common position for him. Um, say we're playing Joe Perot up top, Oberfemi, one of them. 
um, would be in one of the two positions behind that striker. So focal striker, say you get two tens, I guess similar to where Whitaker would be playing in his prefer- preferable role if you're playing with two of those sort of players as well. Or I think you're playing with wingers and you. so. But he can also play, I think, across... Say you've got a striker in the front three behind across any of those roles. So centre attacking, left wing, right wing, he's quite flexible there. And again, he's replaced the likes of Joe Allen on a substitute appearance. So Jay Felton coming in uh, in a central midfielder. So you could say CDM, where he's a little bit deeper. Um, I wouldn't say that's his strongest position. I don't think he's the most offensive like but that could be experience and age um he is quite he's not the the biggest player either in terms of height or build so it depends what sort of style you play um for us we had like mac rhymes doing all the sort of like pretty tidy passing build up play and the play you want with him you need a little bit of grit and get stuck in a little bit he's he's not that sort of midfielder so that's why i would say he's more better used uh, further up the pitch where he can pick the ball up in a position where he can turn, face the opposition, either play a ball through or make a little bit of a run and then play a ball through one-twos because he's quite agile on his feet as well. So, you know, run out the defence and try and make problems rather than stop them making problems, I would say. Yeah, nice. Would you suggest that his through balls then are his strongest asset or if not, what is his one strongest asset i think his passing and link up play is probably his strongest asset and then like the movement off that so you you know pass to a one of the other attacking players and immediately get himself into a space where he can re- return the ball back to him sort of lick quick link up play and one twos and that sort of movement to say i think turning and facing the opposition it's probably his strength and where you're gonna see the most out of him and on the other hand the flip side, should we say, what's the weakest aspect of his game? Where would you say that he needs to kick on and improve? I think like what I just mentioned, um, he's not overall defending, but like he's not the tallest. So winning headers, if you if you'd play in a team who plays quite route one, I don't think he's probably the best option to be having in the middle of your, you know, in the midfield. I, if he's going to be rotating, you definitely don't want to play in there in those sort of games. Uh, you wouldn't want him you know, in the end of long balls, and you wouldn't want, wouldn't, wouldn't want him defending them either. So and whether that's set pieces or just out and out um, playing a team that plays quite airborne, he, he's probably not there yet where he's he's strong in that area. But again, that's where you play into someone's strengths, I guess. And if you're playing a certain style of play, it might not matter to you. Um, Swansea in general have been caught out over the years um, quite a short squad, being poor at defending set pieces. So you could say he fit that quite well in that he fits into the fact that we were poor in those areas. Um, so I would say, yeah, that's probably his, his, his weakest part of the game. Yeah, we, we seem to have, um, apart from the centre-backs, a, a relatively shorter squad. So I can't imagine um, Route 1 will be an option, but obviously the same as you say, like we might have a Difficult yeah. defending set pieces, so um, yeah, he doesn't he won't help there then? <laughs> like I wouldn't bring him on against you know an old old fashioned Stoke City or Cardiff side who are going to lump it up. Bring mm. him on in the centre of the park to kind of get stuck in is probably not the the right game for him. Maybe it's you'd play him further up the pitch in those games where he can 
if he's against those sort of players who are less agile because they're playing yeah. that sort of football, you can get in and find the space. But you don't want him in the defensive part of that. If you're holding on to a lead, you know, you're probably going to sacrifice him to bring on somebody that's going to be able to hold on a bit more. Nice. Um, whilst we got you then, obviously, we I think we covered it in the season preview pod, but just in case people haven't heard those, uh, and if you haven't, go back and give them a listen. Obviously, Morgan Whitaker, a million pounds. Uh, Jack fans, are they happy with that business or no? Uh, no, not at all. Um, it's, it's a weird one because he never showed what he showed you guys um last season and in in the season so far he didn't show that at Swansea but you know then there's the argument that he didn't have the same opportunity to do that you know he got recalled last season to come into the team and he did come into the team he scored a goal uh but he just didn't you could tell he was frustrated at being recalled and that same desire that he probably had turning up week in week out for you last season wasn't brought back and and as a result of that, he didn't get any prolonged time in the team. And then it's like, why did we bother? Um, you probably didn't benefit from that role, and we didn't benefit either. And before that, I think I think he probably felt hard done by to even be sent out on loan in the first place. I think he thought he was ready to make an impression, um, which probably added up to the whole situation of him leaving. Now he had a good season, half a season with you guys, and. Our fans obviously wanted to see that brought back, but also it attracted attention from elsewhere. So in January, by all accounts, we actually had a bid of over two million from Rangers for him. Now, we rejected it because the reason we brought him back was we just lost over Femi. I think there was a bit of discontent. We don't know the full story, but whether the owners wanted to back Martin or not, we didn't end up signing any players. And I think in our owners' eyes, it was a case of, Ah, oh, Morgan Whitaker's doing well. He's out player. He's scoring all these goals, making assists. If we bring him back, he's like a new signing for you, so you can use him in a team. Um, obviously it didn't work out, but we by all accounts rejected Rangers uh, more than double the price you ended up getting him for in the summer, and because it was six months of him not being featured in the team, it was hard perhaps then to justify that price and up his value. Whereas if he had stayed with you for the full season. We might have even be selling into Rangers in the summer now for more than what they bid in January because he would have had got promoted with you. You'd imagine he would have continued his good form and his stock would have been higher. Yeah, it seems like that. Um, you know, Swansea have just become the losers there of their own um, mismanagement. I think exactly. of, of the player, and you know, we've. I think we made a profit on what we bought him for, but it definitely it could be one that got away in terms of utilizing his quality in our squad, and. A model at the moment for transfers, I'm sure you and a lot of clubs are the same, by youth talent that you think you will spend a certain fee on, but has it's a low-risk move because they've got significant potential, and then in a couple of years they're probably going to go for more. That's kind of the game plan with most of the sign-ins, because that's how you keep the club running, and yeah, it just wasn't one that worked out, I guess. Yeah, that, that seems to be our, our case, apart from uh, low risk to us or low risk to yourselves even yeah. is uh, record signings for us. So, um, Yeah, but I would say, that, you know, yeah. if he does that sort of form, one season he's already gone up in value. Exactly, exactly. He already has the same amount of league goals as you anyway, so yeah, um, <laughs> that's, that's a positive. Uh, appreciate you jumping on, Luke. Thanks for that. Um, before you go, where can people find your content? 
Um, so if you want to check out our content, mostly it's on YouTube, just type in Swanscast and we should pop up. Um, and then we put our podcasts on Spotify and Apple and all the rest of it as well. And in terms of like social media, we're just most active on Twitter where we try and engage and get involved in conversations and stuff sometimes. So that's where you can find us. Yeah, brilliant. We'll link you all up on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> whatever you call it these days. Uh, thanks for jumping on, Luke. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Cheers. That's the end of another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Before you go, please make sure you drop us a review on whichever podcast platform you are using and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Argyle Life 1886. Cheers. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.